So this week we will talk about a data product manager. And we have a special guest today, Sarah. Sarah is a product manager at Meroxa, a company building a data platform that helps software teams orchestrate and integrate data into their data-driven applications. In her previous life, can I say? Previously, Sarah worked as a product designer for companies included, including Sora, Checker, Change.org, and Zendesk. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Um, before we go into our main topic of becoming a data product manager, let's start with your background. Can you tell us about your career journey so far? Yeah. Um, where do I even begin? Uh, so I guess I can start with, um, I've made a lot of transitions in my career, but one thing I've always known is that I wanted to work in technology. And for me, that entry point was actually a technical support role at a large shared hosting company. Um, after a handful of years in that role, I felt pretty stuck. Um, that company was based in Utah. While there is quite a bit of opportunity there in technology, it just, there wasn't as much as I had hoped for. There wasn't a variety of companies that I could like say, hey, you know, I can work for this company and learn something new. Um, so a good friend at the company that I was working with actually convinced me to move to San Francisco and said, hey, if you want opportunity, like San Francisco is the place to be. Um, I'm moving out there. He had just uh, received an offer to work at a cloud computing company. And he's like, come out with me and like, we'll figure it out together. So I did the unthinkable. And I literally, it was literally a decision that I made within two weeks. I packed up all my stuff and we literally drove out in the middle of a winter storm and moved to San Francisco. Um, when I arrived in San Francisco, I didn't have anything lined up, but I was comfortable with that. Um, through generosity of just friends and connections, I was able to pick up a few like technical gigs here and there. And eventually, you know, I'm going to fast forward. Um, I eventually landed a product support role at a company called Zendesk. Um, and that's where my career actually made the biggest shift. Um, so at the time, uh, I had already been working with a lot of companies that use Zendesk for their help desk and helping them, I guess, like curate their help desk experiences so they could help their customers. And so I was working a lot around like helping them design experiences that could then like ultimately result in like, oh, customers know where to go in order to get this information, this information and help them brand that experience and make it, you know, a bit more familiar. Um, I ended up reaching out to the chief creative officer at the time. And I was actually trying to refer a friend for a design position, but I had mentioned to him that I was, I had a passion for design and technology. And I showed him just a few of the projects that I had worked on. And fast forward, I was suddenly in a room interviewing for a product design role and I got it, um, which was a huge opportunity and was just, I feel so lucky. <laughs> um, and from there, my career grew. Um, I went on to work for a B2C company called change.org. So they are one of the world's largest online petition platforms. Uh, I then went to work for a company called Checker, which is a background check API company. Um, and then I worked for a couple early stage companies. Uh, so Sora, which is an HR data platform 
And then I arrived here at Maroxa. Yeah, that's quite a journey. Yeah. So what did, like as a designer, what kind of things, uh, so when I hear designer, I imagine somebody who is uh, designing furniture or how uh, your apartment should look like. Is it, uh, I imagine that it's a different kind of designer, right? So what kind of things you needed to take care of? Like how elements uh, are arranged on a website, things like this? Yeah. Um, so I love, I love, you know, interior design and all of that. Um, but the, the type of product or the type of uh, design I was doing was product design. And so a lot of that was taking product requirements and building user experiences through interface design. So that involves quite a bit of user research, user testing, figuring out how customers, you know, expected to interact with our technology, the outcomes they were expecting and, you know, iterating a billion times, trying to figure out what was it that, you know, helped our customers along. Um, yeah. So do you have to be good at design? Like, do you have to have a good taste uh, to be a product designer? Uh, I think, I think you have to have like a foundational understanding of technology. Um, you need to really care about customers, about the people that you're serving. I feel like the more visual aspects that come in that play a part in product design, all of that can be learned. Depending on the size of the company, you can usually get away with like using an existing design system or component library. So you don't have to worry too much about like, oh, well, what color should this button be? Or you know, what kind of, you know, display should I use for this? Um, and so I would say like, yes, you should have an eye for design, um, but it really comes down to you. The best designers I've always known are the ones that, you know, are, their interests are deeply rooted in solving problems for their customers. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, what do you do now as a data product manager? That's a great question. Um, I work actually pretty similarly to how a regular product manager would work. I guess the only difference here is, is I'm working on data products and not just feature products or what people traditionally think of as feature products. Um, so I do a lot of similar work around like spending time, understanding customers. Um, for me as a PM working on data products, that means talking with and interacting with data professionals any chance. I get. And the goal behind that is to understand things like what are the core responsibilities? What are the problems that you're aiming to solve? What challenges do you run up against? How do you get around them? And for, for a lot of my conversations, like they often go towards more tactical aspects of how they take requirements from all over the business and turn it into actionable data. And when I say actionable data, I mean like data that's driving their applications or infrastructure or in some cases used in data analysis. Um, and from there, like I take a lot of my learnings from those conversations or any other information I might have and start developing an understanding of the problem that we're trying to solve in data and how we might do that and help them accomplish that. And the thing I found specifically with like data teams is that not everything I learn necessarily points to an obvious answer. Um, I find that you know, depending on the type of company, the type of, you know, requirements, you know, that they lay in front of their data team really determines how that team operates and like what the organizational motions are for that team. Like, 
Are they, you know, um, just building pipelines for data analysis or, or are they, you know, powering their applications um, with real-time data and why, like, why is that? Um, so from there, like I, I basically take all that information. Occasionally I will, you know, reach for some of the tools that they're using um, to kind of figure out like, okay, what's not working here? What are some of the pitfalls of some of the technologies and tooling that they're using? Um, and from there, like I take all those findings, I, you know, present it to the internal stakeholders and partners that I have within our company. Um, and we align on whether or not this is the right problem to be solved or if there's something more that we discovered. So basically it's just like understanding, you know, data teams and how they operate and then formulating a hypothesis on like the problems that they're experiencing. And then, you know, further ideating on a couple of solutions on how we think we can help them um, or formulating like new approaches. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I know nothing about uh, product designers, but what you described your responsibilities as a product designer previously, that you would also do a lot of user research that would involve talking to users and then understanding their problems and then thinking how you can actually solve these problems, right? Uh, or maybe I misunderstood you, but it seemed uh, like the, there are some similarities between what you're doing now and what you were doing previously as a product designer. Is that uh, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So oftentimes, you know, product designers and product managers work in close collaboration during this phase, this, I guess you can call it product discovery phase where, you know, we're really getting in the weeds with some of our customers or potentially prospective customers to understand like, what is it that, you know, they're trying to do? What is the problem? And just like validate some of our assumptions around the solution that, you know, we will eventually embark on. Mm -hmm. Interesting, this product discovery phase. What are the other phases there? Uh, so following product discovery um, is really just about, it, it's not just the, you know, the customer development piece. There's also like market research, like researching the tooling, as I had said before, sometimes it's a little bit of like data analysis. If we have data at our disposal to kind of formulate an understanding of the problem, um, and when you say like, what's the rest of the process? Do you mean like as a product designer or like as a product manager? Well, I guess, like you said, product discovery phase, I thought, okay, that's just maybe phase number one. There could be other phases. Uh, I assume there is some sort of process. Um, so first you do product discovery and then you do probably some other things. So I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> what yeah, yeah. Um, so then we go into the process of like, planning with the team. So a lot of that, you know, I kind of covered where we present our findings to stakeholders and partners, we kind of align on whether or not the problem we're trying to solve is the right problem. And from there, like if the team is aligned and everything's a go, we go into the process of working cross-functionally with like engineering teams, as well as designers, you know, if the you know product solution happens to have an interface um, and we, really just go through a process of like ideation. So like a lot of like rough prototypes, like, you know, here's this, you know, specific goal that we're looking to meet. Like, how can we accomplish X, Y, Z? How, how can we accomplish a specific experience that we're targeting? Um, and from there we go through a couple reps of like, okay, how confident are we in the solution? Okay, how do we 
and before, you know, and before that point, like we kind of like figure out, okay, well, how are we going to measure the success of this? Um, so we generally have success metrics in place to kind of like articulate, okay, what is it, you know, that we're trying to accomplish here? How do we measure that against? Sometimes it's like an actual metric, like, oh, we want to see X, Y, Z happen. Or sometimes it's like the customer should be able to do this and they should be able to do it effectively. Um, and from there, you know, we go through the process of, you know, engineering It's like, okay, we're going to build this thing. We go through a few reps of demoing along the way, depending on like, depending on the dependencies that are needed for the specific feature, um, development can take anywhere from like, you know, a few weeks to a month. And from there, like, you know, we, I go through the process of product manager of just like, if we run into any potential like gotchas where we then have to reevaluate how we're implementing the solution, you know, and coordinating with the team to make sure we can get through those phases. Um, then it's the product launch process where we work cross-functionally with the go-to-market teams. That's mark product marketing, um, potentially other product stakeholders, um, design, et cetera. And we kind of generate all the things that we need to do in order to get the product to market. And then we go through the release process. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like. Yeah, interesting. So product discovery phase, then uh, planning phase, then ideating, and then starting how to starting to think how you are going to implement this thing, then setting up KPIs, then actually delivering the thing with the engineering team, and then uh, thinking of launching after this thing is uh, you know engineered, created, and then actually releasing. Right? Did I? get it right and yep. you as a product manager you need to think about all these uh, phases all these steps of the process yep. right yep and uh, as a designer previously you were mostly involved in the product discovery phase or also other phases uh, as well mostly the product discovery and then the execution phase mm -hmm. where we're ideating and developing solutions mm -hmm. um, i heard about this thing called design thinking is it uh, in the ideation phase right like when you think, okay, here's the problem, and then you think how you can solve it. And uh, yep. you as a product manager also need to know these kind of things and use them or? Uh, I mean, it really depends on the product manager. Um, some rely on the partnership with the product designer to like guide through that process. Some actually have a really, you know, keen sensibility for it. And so I think it really depends on, you know, what the background and expertise of the product manager is, but it's generally not the expectation. I mean, they should have an understanding of whether or not the experience actually delivers, you know, on the, you know, goals that they've set um, or the requirements that they've set, but it's, it's not always a requirement. Mm -hmm. But from what I understood, uh, having uh, experience in uh, product design is definitely helpful uh, for transitioning into product management role, right? So yeah. Because there is some overlap, like especially this product discovery phase and uh, other things. Okay. And um, how did you become interested in product management? I mean, I've always been super fascinated with how companies work and more importantly, you know, how they go about building products. So I've always preferred to work in super close partnership with product managers as a designer. And I always found that I was never satisfied just fulfilling my own part. 
Um, so in particular, I, I was super interested in working cross-functionally alongside our engineering teams, understanding the systems driving behind driving whatever we were designing and building, um, as well as the process of, you know, measuring success of a feature product. Like it wasn't just enough that we launched something. It was like, okay, well, how, how successful was this product release? Like our customers, like getting our customers able to get what they need to do done? Are they able to, you know, achieve like whatever, you know, whatever the product is meant for them to do? Um, and then if not, like, what are, what are some areas of measurement that we can start, you know, ideating on like, oh, you know, we realized in this, and this is a very simplified example, but like, if we take like a gen generic funnel, like, oh, people dropped off at this point in the user experience. It's like, okay, well, why? And so then you can then generate a series of hypotheses. You can go back to customers. You can talk with them and kind of develop an understanding and enhance that feature down the road. And uh, so you thought, okay, you want to, uh, you know, have maybe larger scope, right? And then have yep. uh, work in cross-functional teams. And so you, and how, like for you, it was clear that you need to go this road. So you need to go the, into the product management uh, um role or like how did you realize that this is actually what you need because you already had experience working with product managers right yeah so it's actually interesting a few companies back i was really pushing the team the product team to like uh conduct experiments and i was like experiments are super easy like i earned that experience when i was at a b2c company we had a rigorous like growth um growth strategy. And so like, that's where I like entered into like, Ooh, what's AB testing? Ooh, what's like, how do we, how can we effectively use data to drive our business decisions? And so, you know, a few companies ago, I was like really pressuring the product team, like, Hey, like maybe we can test this hypothesis out as an experiment. Like what kind of data do we have at our disposal? Like, how can we measure this? Um, and I remember the VP of product at the time, she approached me and she's like, I've never heard a designer advocating for data like ever. <laughs> she's like, I, I would be interested in talking more. I think you would be a great PM. Like we should talk about it. I didn't make the transition back then, but it ended up working out. I ended up making the transition further down the road, but, um, so yeah, that's kind of like what kind of led me into it. Um, why data PM specifically, or it just happened? I mean, there is a reason. Uh, throughout my career in product, um, I spent a lot of time talking to various people in different fields, industries, roles from different backgrounds. And I often ask the question, like, how do you go about making decisions? And every answer is a little bit different, but one thing that they all have in common is data, every single one. Uh, the problem I've found is that, you know, most people who work outside of data teams, they generally don't have access to know how or the know-how to leverage that data. Um, oftentimes they're struggling to meet their objectives while not having effective ways to measure the success of their projects. And so, you know, that then leads to a multitude of problems down the road. Um, either they're working on the wrong thing or you know, maybe they're under delivering on something that they should be focusing on a little bit more. Um, so I wanted to learn a lot more around how data teams operate 
and how they can take oftentimes abstract requirements from all over the business, synthesize that data and make it actionable. Like to me, that was super interesting. Um, especially like the last company I worked for was a data, was an HR data platform. Uh, a lot of HR professionals are working with massive amounts of, you know, PII. And so like understanding the compliance implications around that, like, how do you store that data? How do you make sure that, you know, it's secure? How do you make sure that the data that you're receiving in your HRIS tool is correct? You know, because a lot of times there's a lot of various different sources of data that are coming in and you have to rely on, you know, humans as part of that data entry. And so like, how do you ensure, how do you like make sure that the data that you're receiving that you're using to inter interface with your employees is correct? Um, so that was kind of like, that kind of like led me into my interest in data. <laughs> Maybe it's a gross oversimplification, but uh, from what I understood, a data product manager is a product manager working with data teams or in mm -hmm. like being inside a data team, right? Yes. Uh, this is uh, correct, right? Yes. Is there any other any other differences between like a, let's say a more traditional product manager and a data product manager apart from things that you mentioned that you need to know? Uh, what PII stands for and, uh, um, you know, think about data quality and other things. I'm relatively like early in my career, so I'm still figuring that out. I also feel like there are a couple different interpretations that I've read about as to what a data PM is. I've heard some people say like, it's part, you know, uh, data analysis, like you are also an analyst as part of your role. Um, I've heard that sometimes you're oftentimes a data scientist as well. So to answer that question, like, I'm not sure how to answer it. Honestly, I'm still in the initial phase of like learning how to be a data PM. Mm -hmm. You said uh, you need to be a bit of a data analyst. Uh, so do you need to know things like SQL and to be able to fetch, uh, go fetch the data you need and uh, I don't know, build some dashboards or you still rely on somebody else to do that? Uh, I guess it really depends on the makeup of your team, but I would say that it would be a, pretty hard requirement. <laughs> like you need to know how to get the data and to like check the work and make sure that, mm -hmm. you know, whatever output you're getting is, you know, what you expected. Mm -hmm. um, so I did quite a bit of, you know, learning. I learned SQL. Um, I learned, you know, I took a few courses in data engineering. Like I took some data camp courses to kind of like understand like some of the fundamentals. Um, so I think all of that is super important to develop, you know, an understanding and build some context around the tools that you're building. Mm -hmm. So SQL and then also a bit of coding, I guess, like if uh, you said you were taking some courses about data engineering, so you also uh, for that probably need to know like some Python or something else, right? I have not learned Python yet. <laughs> but uh, so you were just watching these courses to understand uh, what are the problems that data engineers have to deal with, right? I yep. see. And that's, that's interesting. But uh, SQL would be something that you use quite often, right? Yeah. Okay. And, I use um, it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And to have a question from Virginia. What skills should you have to become a data product manager? So you, you mentioned one of them is SQL. What are the other skills? I guess maybe the skills of usual PM as well? Or... Yeah. I mean... I would say that you should have a, an insatiable hunger to understand how data works. Um, 
and you're interested in solving data problems for your customers, not just, you know, the data engineers themselves that, you know, are building the tools, but also um, those who are most impacted by that data. So people like consumers within the business, internal or external, um, who might be making decisions. Um, but you're also addicted to the idea of like innovating and taking data further. Um, and what I mean by that is like, when I entered this role, like I had a very, I would say rudimentary understanding of data. Um, but one of the things that, you know, the founders of my company said is like, that's actually a good thing. Like we, we need a fresh perspective on like, you know, we want you to go through the pain, go through like, like listening and hearing about like stories of what data engineering teams are going through, what data professionals are going through, come in with a fresh eye, go through the experience, use your UX background to kind of like pull apart all the things that, you know, are working and aren't working. Um, so I would say like, I, I don't necessarily think you need to have a background in data. Um, you just want, you just need to have like an interest and a curiosity in it. The technical background does help. I mean, a lot of what I do is read documentation, which is sad to say very painful to read through, um, specifically around data tooling. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you mentioned that you need to have some, did you say have hunger for understanding how data works? I think that you said something mm -hmm. like this. So how can you develop understanding uh, of that? How can you understand how data works? Like in, in what sense how data works? Like how it is, uh, you know, produced and, uh, you know, processed and consumed? I mean, I, I think it starts from, you know, just understanding where it comes from to start. Um understanding how a culmination of all the working parts. So like, I feel like the interesting about data um, is that it's not just one piece of data that informs, you know, an answer to a question. It's usually a combination of various points of data that can ultimately answer a question well. And so I would say that having like an interest in understanding what that actually means is like where you begin this journey. And from there, you can go into the process of like understanding like how that data is pulled from various different sources, how it's prepared through transformation, um, and then prepared for, you know, either a data warehouse where an analyst can take that and run with it, or maybe a data lake where you're logging or whatever, um, or maybe it's being directly plugged into a data application. And so like going through that journey of understanding how it's used, not just in the data, I feel like everyone just thinks that data is used for data analysis, but there's so many other applications and use cases. It's starting to dig in on, you know, all the different ways that data can be leveraged as part of a business. But it really is the underlying layer of every company. Um, yeah. So basically understanding that is, uh, and, uh, and being curious how it's actually used, how it's produced is, uh, um, you, you say it's quite important, right? For this role. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm quite interested, um, let's say if we go back, uh, like when did you make the switch? Maybe one year ago. Like one year ago, I guess you became interested in this topic, right? Uh, or I don't know. Let's say let's go back in time when you became interested and you know you realized this is what I want to do. And what you did? What did you do after that? So what were the steps you took to actually end up in this role? 
I guess I should start that like I, I kind of made my point of entry as a product designer. So I wanted to, you know, design and develop tooling around data um, so I could better understand it. And part of that journey was really like getting into the motion of developing, you know, data tools, um, designing and developing data tools and learning from a lot of the engineering teams that I was collaborating with. It kind of happened... <laughs> And I feel like this kind of happens a lot in my life. So I don't know if this is directly applicable to other people's, you know, experiences, but like I happen to be oddly connected with a lot of people in the data space. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because of like the types of companies that I worked for, um, but really just like having conversations with them, talking about, you know, some of the problems that, you know, at the time, like HR professionals or companies that were hiring and leveraging background check data for like how they were making decisions and like, how does this work? And like, how do you do your job? And like, blah, blah, blah. And just like kind of getting into, you know, some of the more tactical aspects of their work, which like, I mean, I think at the time I had like a very granular understanding. Um, and from there, like, it really was just about, you know, networking with various like people, how I got into this specific company where I'm actually you know, designing and developing data tools directly, like Roxa. I actually had worked with the CEO at a prior company. Uh, we actually worked on data tools at Zendesk, uh, not data tools, developer tools at Zendesk. Um, so he and I had already had like a familiarity working with one another. And he's like, hey, like I'm working on this new application. There's going to be a marketplace, all these things. He's like, let's do this. So it kind of just happened. Like I didn't, I didn't really have a process of steps that I took. So, I mean, I wish I did, but I mean, really it was just about putting myself out there, having conversations, talking with people and showing that interest, which kind of led to mm -hmm. me making the transition. Okay, so mostly networking. Um, I'm also curious about, uh, did you take any specific courses that help you or you were taking courses after you actually made the transition? Because you mentioned you you took some courses like you took the you, you trained yourself uh, like you learned SQL then you also took data engineering course were you doing this before actually becoming data product manager or after? No, it was actually after. And if I could have done one thing differently about this transition, I would have done this much sooner. <laughs> okay, that's much, uh, much sooner. So <laughs> basically, you first became a data product manager and then learned all the things. So you didn't. Uh, study specifically for this role to become a data product manager. I did not. Um, that's amazing. But let's say if somebody wants to to do this right now, of course they can, like how do you say it, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> but uh, like, let's say if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to become a data product manager, I am now a product designer. What kind of things would you recommend me to learn now to be able to make uh, this transition? I think I always start by asking the question, like, well, why, why a data product manager? We want to understand like some of the motivations as to why they want to do that from product design. Um, a lot of that can help inform like, okay, what is their decision making here? Um, if they're already like inclined to data, then it's just kind of like, yeah, you should, you should make the jump. Um, here are some things that I think you can do. So like building case studies around like data projects that they've worked on. 
um, going through the process of, you know, actually working, designing, developing, solutioning around a data product is, would be immensely helpful. And from there, like whether or not, you know, they were working with a product manager or maybe they were flying solo, who knows, depends on the makeup of the team. Like if they can build, you know, case studies around, you know, the products that they've built, like, I think that could go a long way in demonstrating their ability, um, and that's something that they can take with them when they, you know, either make a transition in their career within a company, or even if they decide I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to start applying for, you know, potential positions in product management. I would say that like a lot of my friends in general product management have said, I'm crazy for jumping straight into not only like data, <laughs> but like also transition to product management at the same time. Like it's hard. It's challenging. I, I feel like I'm learning a lot of things all at once. And I've fortunately had the, you know, privilege to, you know, have a lot of great people in my network that have helped me develop an understanding and get there. So yeah, really leveraging the people in your network that are, you know, already in the space to kind of understand, like, I'm curious what you think about my, my case study. Like, can we talk about this? Like, tell me more about like, maybe the things that I'm not understanding about what I've worked on um, learning some of like the fundamental skills like around SQL. If you want to learn Python, you can build data apps if you want to. Um, I feel like there's pretty simple ways of, you know, showing that ability through like using public data sets, you know, that are available broadly out there. You can, you know, build case studies off of those. You don't have to necessarily use like existing work either. Um, so if you want to, you know, build an application, you know, that surfaces COVID-19 data and like you can build something around that, like, I think that could go a long way in helping you, you know, move into the direction of data product management. And what's a case study? So you said uh, you should have case studies around data projects. So how does a case study look like? So a case study really goes into like, um, the problem that you're trying to solve. So usually there's like a central problem, like we're trying to make COVID-19 data more accessible to, you know, people in this demographic. And so then you can go through the process of like all the research that you went through, like the data that you have and kind of like, it's very similar to what a product manager does when they build the one pager to kind of explain the why behind what they're doing. Um, you can then go into the process of like, and here are some ways, here's some opportunities I identified, here are some prototypes, I did the user test, it's basically going full end to end process of like developing a data product. Um, so not only just, you know, saying like, and here was a solution, you can also go back and say like, you know, and I went back to customers, or I went back to, you know, people and asked them like, hey, like, what do you think could have been better? Like, did you use the tool? You know, asking questions to understand like the utility of it and whether or not it actually achieved the outcomes you were expecting. Um, and usually there's like a conclusion on like, you know, this was a very successful product or maybe this wasn't as successful as I thought. And here are ways that I would, you know, potentially improve on this feature or this product. Hmm, interesting. So basically, um, if I got you correctly, so the case study should contain a problem, then describe the research you did, the outcome of this research, the identified opportunities, then the solution uh, that you came uh, uh, with after you know doing this research, then um, you probably do some a few iterations on that, and then there is a final outcome, 
and you some conclusion like was it successful project or not i think the, how well, would you put this like as a, a document like with a couple of pages right there's a couple uh, different formats <laughs> you can go with um I've seen some people just like put it on their personal websites. Uh, that's like, like the best way post, to, right? yeah, like a blog post, you know, some people actually do use like medium, um, as a way to kind of like present case studies, um, personal websites. If you're directly applying and you're like sharing with a specific group of people, you can use a PDF. Like I've seen case studies packaged in a number of different ways. Like slide decks. It really just depends on. Yeah, slide decks work too. It really depends on who your audience is. Like, I find that I love when I when I go to someone's website and I see you know a list of case studies that they've worked on, and I'm like, oh, cool. What have they been working on? Um, and I think that's a great way to get discovered, as opposed to like having to go through the process of specifically applying and sending out your case studies to individuals. Like, put it somewhere public where people can find it. And that can generate a multitude of opportunities for you. Okay. So you mentioned multiple times that networking is uh, like a big deal, right? Because you, because of your network, you were managed to, you, you managed to get a lot of opportunities, right? And like, including this one, the, the job you have right now, because it was your former colleague, right? From some of your previous jobs. Then uh, it's important also to be, how to say, discoverable. So people can discover you through blog posts and other things. Uh, and this is how like, you prepare these case studies. So you put them out there and people can find you through these case studies. And um, also you said, well, we, we talked about these different phases of a, a project or product. Right? So this is something as a, uh, you should also know as a data product manager, right? So this is, I guess, some, some product management skills that you need right, for this job. Do you know any good, good resource for where you can pick up the skills? For product management? Yeah, for product management. There's a ton of, like, different, I guess, courses um, out there. I can send a list um, that I've collected over the years to you, and you can include that. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't gone through a specific boot camp. Most of my learning has been on the job, so I can't recommend mm -hmm. one through direct experience um one program actually no that's that's incorrect um i went through the reforge product management fundamentals course which is great um they kind of go through all the various stages of you know product development for a product manager um you get to talk with and interact with a bunch of you know product leaders in various different, you know, uh, industries to learn more about their experiences. And a lot of those are directly applicable to the work that you'll be doing. Um, there's also a range of various exercises that you also do. It's, it's quite a commitment, but I think if you want to get a, get basically get a, uh, solid, um, how do you say it? Um, if you want to get your feet wet and you know dive into all of the motions of product management the, the thing with product management is it's not like just like one set linear process to everything it really just it really depends on the products that you're working on the team structure etc 
So understanding and having the foundations and knowing what you can add to your tool set as a product manager is super powerful. Um, so taking a course like the one at Reforge is really good. So you can kind of like build that tool set, ask questions, understand the context behind it by talking to like industry leaders and then know when it's directly applicable to the work that you're doing. So then, you know, you can make the best decisions for your team. Yeah, thanks. So I, I was thinking something like a course plan or study plan for somebody who wants to transition to this role. So first of all, um, you should take some sort of a general product management uh, course or pick up this skill somewhere, maybe through, through, not necessarily through courses, but somehow pick this. Then you mentioned SQL and other data-related things, um, right? And then you should also prepare your portfolio, make a couple of case studies, put them on Medium. And uh, yeah, that's that should be sufficient. Right? Or there's something else that I'm missing. And network, of course, right? Yeah, I would say really put yourself out there and talk with product managers that work in the space extensively. Um, that's one thing that I also would have done a bit differently. It's just hard to find data product managers. Um, they're relatively rare and understanding like, you know, I'm obviously learning from like my VP of product has been working in data for a decade. He used to be a data engineer and is now a product leader in data. And so a lot of my learning also comes from him as well as he coaches me and like guides me through that process. I think one other thing that would be super useful for individuals who want to become data product manager or product managers in general is to find someone who can mentor you or guide you through this learning process. Um, I would say finding data product managers while it is relatively hard to find them. Like you can, you can find them if you look at like, oh, who like look at all the, you know, data companies out there and see who is working in product at those companies. And you can generally find someone. Um, but definitely find a mentor that can kind of like help guide you through that process as well. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, we have quite a few questions and uh, I wanted to start with a question from Janine. Um, is, uh, the question is, what's the most challenging aspect or task that you've encountered in your role as a data product manager? For me, it's really been learning how to interact with the tools. <laughs> I'm not an engineer. I'm a designer. I can do a little bit of coding, but like getting through the documentation of some of the data tooling out there, I think I'd mentioned it earlier, it's really hard and a lot of that comes from, at least in my experience, understanding all the dependencies and other various tooling that like comes into play, like, you know, spin up, you know, a service with Docker and like do all these things. And I'm just like, okay, now I need to figure out how to do this. <laughs> and so it's like, there's like a, you know, a lead up to, you know, getting a specific outcome. And it's not always uh, apparent when you're, you know, reading up on how to use a specific tool. Yeah, especially when these docs are written by engineers, right? Yeah. And then they kind of assume that uh, people who read these docs, they have the same background, so they understand uh, um, easily what they mean. But uh, if you're uh, like a product manager, maybe you don't necessarily have this the same background as they, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, that was the most uh, challenging aspect, right? For me, yes. <laughs> then uh, a question from Virginia is, how does your day-to-day -day look like? Day-to-day -day is kind of all over the place. Um, obviously, we have, you know, the first of the day stand up with the team. And that's really just to figure out what, you know, engineering is working on, what design is working on, what product is working on. A lot of my time is spent, you know, figuring out the why behind some of the things that we're, you know, planning. Um, so whether that's a new connector or maybe a new feature set around transformations, like figuring out, okay, you know, again, what problem are we trying to solve and going through that process that I talked about before. Um, but there's a lot of other things that kind of happen in between as part of the day. So it's not just like doing the work of like product development. It's also working cross-functionally with other teams. So I work pretty heavily with our marketing team. So I do a lot of like quick and dirty data analysis for, analysis for them so they can get answer questions about our customers. So I'm directly querying our, our platform API database to kind of understand like here, you know, here's a list of customers that fit these attributes for you. So it's like doing a lot of that at the same time. We are also very early stage. I should mention that we're not a big company. And so like, you know, part of my job is also fulfilling other areas. I'm also in, you know, design reviews. Um, sometimes it's related to projects that I'm on. Sometimes that's not offering design critique. Um, customer development conversation. So like one part of our job even if it's not directly tied to a project, it's just getting out there and talking with data professionals. So reaching out, you know, every day to either people who have signed up on our platform or, you know, various data professionals within my internal network or external of that, getting time on the phone to talk with them and learn more about, you know, their experiences. Um, also instrumenting, at least right now, um, I've been instrumenting product analytics tracking. So figuring out, you know, how do we best utilize our analytics tracking tool to measure user behavior in our application. So doing a lot of like side projects like that, that kind of like reinforce the work that we do also. I think I covered all of it. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into like, the day-to-day -day and it's not always the same. <laughs> are you always multitasking or you're trying to arrange your day in a way that uh, you don't have to switch context? Uh, there's a lot of context switching in product management. Uh, it's kind of the name of the game. Um, it's just like prioritizing what you do in your day-to-day. -day. So obviously someone can come to you and say like, hey, I need an answer to this question. Um, it's up to you to really decide, well, okay, well, how urgent is this? And like, what is this for? you can kind of determine throughout your day, like when you do that work, because there's definitely work that comes up in the middle of the day that I'm like, oh, this can be kicked off till next week. Okay, let's talk next week. I'll have the answers for you then. Um, so it's really just like prioritizing your day and understanding like what are the key things that I need to get done, especially at early stage. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, have to, you have to use your time wisely. <laughs> And you mentioned that you spend a lot of time talking to data professionals, getting on the phone with them, asking questions. And I'm wondering how do this conversation look like? So what do you ask? Uh, uh, like it's called customer, customer, right? Customer uh, development, yeah. Yes. So 
how does it look like? What do you ask? I mean, customer development can range depending on who I'm talking to. So like, I'm not just talking to data engineers. I'm also talking to data scientists, data analysts, um, data analyst engineers. And a lot of what I talk about is just like understanding like what their core responsibilities are. And, you know, depending on that answer, like sometimes I'll go into like, okay, what specific problems are you trying to solve in this area? Um, what challenges are you running into? So really getting into some of the tactical aspects of like the tooling that they use, or maybe some of the organizational problems that they have where, you know, it's not just the tooling. It's also, you know, maybe the company isn't data-driven. Maybe aren't, they aren't given the resources that they need and how they kind of get around that in order to do their job. And so a lot of the um, conversations in general are more geared towards like, it's kind of like a flowing thing. There's like no rigid you know, structure, but I do like to hit the points of like, what are your responsibilities? Like where, where are you currently focusing your time? And kind of like digging into some of the challenges specifically to understand like what could be better in your day to day and like how how do you accomplish that today are you or, or are you not and if somebody wants to talk to you about that how can they reach out to you you can send me a message in the data talks <laughs> slack <laughs> okay. um or or you know i can share my email address and i'd be happy happy to chat okay. with anyone okay but you said uh, if they leave their email on um, your uh, website right then you will find this email and contact them yeah. did you what was the most interesting part uh, what was the most interesting let's say insight you got from these uh, conversations i guess the most surprising thing is it was interesting to see, and maybe I wasn't too terribly surprised, but it was surprising all the same through the discussions is that a lot of data teams spend a lot of time educating. They're educating various like biz, like cross um, functional teams on like how to leverage data. I feel like in a lot of discussions that I've had specifically with data engineers, they kind of operate in isolation at a lot of companies. I'm starting to see that a lot of teams are kind of like integrating data into their product teams, but for a really long time, or like from what I've seen, like a lot of data teams are like in service of like product and service of marketing and service of, you know, business intelligence. And so like a lot of what they do, there's like a lot of context switching between like, okay, now I need to like help this person understand the data that they're asking for. And I need to make sure that, you know, this person has this. It just, it sounded like there was just like a lot of whack-a-mole um, in the role. And I guess what was interesting to me was that, you know, just understanding largely, even though there's a lot of teams that heavily rely on data, how little, you know, professionals in various fields truly understand it um, and how much work goes into educating those different business partners on how to use it. I just found that super surprising and unsurprising at the same time. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, we have quite a few questions. Uh, so one uh, interesting one is if you need to work with a tool, a new tool for you that you have never used uh, before, how do you learn this tool while not letting the task to be delayed? Do you learn it yourself or you ask for help or how do you approach that? Generally, I try to take a whack at it first. Um, and a lot of that is just like a lot of documentation diving stress testing, like all the things that I could possibly do or know how to do. 
if I run into a wall, uh, we have quite a few tenured data engineers on my team. I'll usually reach out to someone and say like, hey, I'm getting stuck here, like, can you help me? Um, or I don't understand why it works this way. Um, and so I rely a lot on my engineering team to kind of help me understand. The goal here is, is eventually I can help myself, but um, for right now, like as I, you know, lack understanding in some of these tools, it's really just asking for help from the engineering team. How do you usually do this? You mentioned this on the stand-up. Hey, I got stuck here. Somebody has free time. Can you help me? Something like that? Uh, we have a help channel in our Slack. Ah. So it's just like literally a help channel and you can ask any question. Like no question is a bad question. Um, and then we just make time to pair for, you know, however long it takes. Um, we get through the process together and yeah. That's really ad hoc. Yeah, okay. And, uh, do you yourself work on creating documentation as well? Or you're more like a consumer of documentation? I help with the framing and the positioning of like how we word things. Um, but are currently developer advocacy and engineering work together to develop that documentation. Mm -hmm. And um, another question we have is, uh, do PMs document the product uh, and features? And how do you do this? Yeah, let's say if somebody new joins uh, and then they want to go through all this, you know, product discovery things and so on, like uh, how can they learn this? How do you document that? Yeah, so a lot of our work is documented in product docs. So one pagers, PRDs. Um, we also have a database of customer development notes. So we articulate like, who did we talk to? What was our role? What company do they work for? And then we kind of go into, you know, what are their, all the, you know, points that I had explained before, like the responsibilities, problems they're aiming to solve. Um, because our product is, you know, real-time data, we talk a little bit about CDC and the applications within their current data stack, if applicable. Um, and so we will kind of like lean in on that a little bit. Um, but we document everything, everything is recorded um, for note-taking purposes. And then we go through the process of like cataloging that. Um, we also use it quite frequently when we, um, so we have a product weekly update that we kind of like communicate to the team what we're working on. And so we'll often draw, you know, that information into what we talk about on a weekly basis. Like this is what we were, we've been hearing from customers. If you want to look more into those conversations, you can find that information here. And so we're actually pushing our team to like go into these customer development notes and kind of like build empathy. You know, they might already be data engineers or engineers that understand the product, but like it really helps to bring them along in that process and building empathy for the tools that they're building. Yeah. And you mentioned PRD, uh, this product requirement document, or what is that? Yep. Product okay. requirement document. Yeah, like I got this right. <laughs> I was thinking what it means. I think I heard this abbreviation before. That's why I, yeah. Um, do you have a couple of more minutes? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we have more questions and um, I think maybe we can cover at least one. Um, so a question from Bayram is, uh, how are the steps for working with, uh, uh, what are the steps for working with data teams and who comes uh, with new ideas, who, who brings up uh, the requirements? 
What are the steps for working with data engineering teams? Like, where do the ideas come from? Is it uh, they either come from you, or they coming from the uh, customers, are they coming from the engineers, are they coming from everywhere? Gotcha. I mean, it's a culmination of all those things. So obviously, we have a we have a company and business and product strategy that we're kind of running. Um, so a lot of the opportunities that we go after are things that we've kind of like prioritized, like both like engineering leadership, product leadership have kind of like defined for the team. Um, and then, you know, someone like me, who's an individual contributor, we take that, we then go through the motions of like validating whether or not, you know, it's the problem to be solved, uh, do all the research and then come back to the team and say like, hey, these were my findings. We still think this is worth going after. Um, so a lot of the idea generation like is coming from, you know, leadership, uh, engineering leadership, at least right now. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that a feature idea purely comes from them because through our research and building an understanding of problem space, um, that might change how we approach a feature or like whatever we, you know, end up releasing at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So if uh, the engineering leadership comes up with an idea, it doesn't mean you immediately run implementing this. It first goes yep. through the validation stage and uh, then uh, like you actually ask the, the customers to get some feedback from them, right? So that's the, that's the process. Exactly. So you, you have, I guess, some sort of backlog with ideas and then you try to prioritize that backlog and then you pick the most promising ones and then you go through this process. Yep, exactly. Cool. Then uh, maybe just a quick question that is more like yes or no uh, question. Is reports, dashboards, machine learning models that data team uh, provides, uh, are they all um, under the responsibility of data product manager or, or not? Sorry, the... Yeah, so like what kind of, so let's say, let me try to rephrase it. So for you, are you looking only after... Um, you know, reports, dashboards, and so on, or also machine learning models as well? Like, do data product managers care about machine learning, uh, data science stuff, or mostly about analytics and data engineering stuff? I personally have not entered that stage in my career, but yes, um, that is the expectation. Uh, and <laughs> so yes, meaning that uh, also including like data science stuff, not just, uh, you know, data science, data yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, that would be it. Do you have any last words before we wrap up? No, I'm no. just very honored to be here. I mean, as someone who has just entered into this role and in this like very specific, fascinating industry, I'm just glad I could talk about my experiences with you all. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was really great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks for finding time to join us. I know for you it's a bit early. Thanks for. Uh, being available and then sharing your experience with us. Thanks a lot. And uh, Thank thanks everyone for joining us today and asking questions. Uh, we had quite a lot of questions today, so thanks for being active. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, that would be it. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.